This week on Moms Moving On. When I first said public, like telling friends, like telling you publicly going out there and saying things, um, hey, we're getting divorced. I was hit with so many I'm sorry's. I felt so like I, I messed up right. like, and they felt bad for me, but I really would have to go back. I'm like, no, you don't have to be sorry. Like this is, this will be good. And then I would have people who've been divorced. I'm like, congratulations. I'm like, thank you. Like, I feel like so much better when someone says that. I, I figured out people who would like not be there for me. It was more about their marriage. It's not about me. The reality is you're creating a whole new life after divorce. So to handpick yeah. the people you want in your life from that point forward is really powerful. Life moves on. So why shouldn't we? This is Michelle Dempsey-Moltak, your host of Moms Moving On, navigating divorce, co-parenting, single motherhood, and moving on. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another Moms Moving On. I hope you've been well since our last recording. I appreciate all your feedback. Also, thank you. Reviews are good too. If, you, if you're happy, you like the podcast, you're getting good advice, leave a review. Let us know which episode was your favorite. Um, but I have a feeling this one today is going to be your favorite because I have somebody on who's going to help us break this whole misconception that even though divorce is up 34%, Uh, since the start of COVID, that divorces can't be finalized or dealt with during COVID. She just got divorced uh, actually about three days ago with no pants on, I might add. So if she can do it, you can too. She's one of the funniest moms in Kansas City. The surprisingly quiet and introverted mom of two puts an end to the perfect highlight reel of parenting we all see on social media. She tells us how it really is raising two daughters as a single divorced mom in Overland Park, Kansas. She gives comic relief to moms, wives, and women around the world with her blunt and often embarrassing real life stories. She's Julie Burton. You may know her as KSU Julie, and she's a contributing author to the New York Times bestselling anthology humor series, But Did You Die? Setting the Parenting Bar Low by a Bunch of Know-It-Alls, and Will Work for Apples by the Teacher's Pets. She's been named one of the funniest parents by NBC's Today Show, Scary Mommy, Huffington Post Parents, Good Morning America, and BuzzFeed. If that's not enough, she's also a regular contributing writer all around the internet. Julie Burton, thank you so much for being here. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Of course. Well, I guess we should say congratulations on your divorce. Is that, you know, like (laughs) something we can do? Yes. Yes. I love it. Um, It's weird. Like, I feel like people who have gone through divorce, they're the ones that say um, congratulations. And then the people who are still married say, I'm sorry. So it's you kind of see, which I could see both angles. It's not like I'm trashing people who are married, but. Um, yeah, but I just, it's, it's a little thing. I, little things you notice, like when you go get divorced. Well, from one, thing, yeah, definitely. Congratulations. From one divorced person to another, I think the congratulations comes from, it's more about congratulations on getting through this part. Like we all know, yeah. we all know that leaving a marriage is hard and it's sad and it's completely earth shattering, but the process yeah. of getting divorced can be so much harder and uglier. And so getting through that, absolutely, whether you wanted the divorce or not, that warrants a congratulations. So yes, yes, yes. Don't have anybody. And I think, yeah, that makes me feel so much better when people say congratulations. Like, I feel like they know, they understand like what I went through, like mm-hmm. complete hell. If divorce isn't hellish enough, you 
I don't know when you essentially filed, but you somehow got it finalized during a pandemic. Can you tell us a little yeah. bit about, about your like history and how it wound up? The timeline. Yeah. So I, we were separated, I want to say last summer. And uh, when I say separated, I mean, I was living up in the guest room um, of our house for quite a while until I had to find like an actual full-time job so I could have, you know, benefits. So I found that I moved out in November to my own apartment knowing that, you know, we're starting like our, our divorce, like all this stuff. I found my lawyer, he found his lawyer and started that March hit for whatever reason it got dragged on just like fighting back and forth, about like assets and you know, all that stuff. But March hit and like everything shut down. And so we're kind of like in a limbo, like just kind of waiting, like the, technically we had like a temporary order put in and we were separated, but that was it. Like, we were just like, we weren't like final, nothing was going on. And finally, uh, my attorney's like, I think about last month, he's like, okay, we could, we can get this done. If you guys let's figure, let's hash this all out on zoom calls, um, or over the phone or on emails, we'll figure this out. Got it done. And he's like, we're going to get your get divorced in front of a, a judge in front of a zoom call. And so, yeah, the judge, she was like in her robe, like in her office, like setting, I'm like, oh my gosh. And I'm like, does she not have pants on either? Like, this is like so weird. <laughs> well, I didn't tell um, you. Yeah. From being married to a judge, there's his robe right there at the start. Oh. I'm saying when he was working from home, he was literally in his robe and like basketball shorts. Yeah. Divorced yeah. The oh my gosh, that's funny. And, and I'm like, if they only knew, he's like coming out to the kitchen for another handful of pretzels and his shorts in a second, you know? But yeah, I mean, look, you, you were able to make the best of this. Well, you know, get something done in this unprecedented time that everybody keeps calling yeah. it for a lot of things have come to a standstill. And I hear from lots of clients who have filed because of COVID that they're just like kind of in a gray area. They don't know when the next mm -hmm. hearing is going to be or what's happening. Um, and lawyers are kind of feeling that too, because they're completely dependent on the court system. So kudos yeah. to the city. Yeah, it's been, it has been rough. And I feel like like a lot of people said, like, I can't believe you're going through a divorce during COVID. It must suck. I'm like, but thinking about it, I'm like, it would have sucked more if I was still separated living up in that guest room when everyone was quarantined. Like that would have been like my worst nightmare. Like that would have been like with the kids there, like that would have been, I think that would have been much, it could have been much worse. Basically. Yeah. I'm glad I moved out before everything hit. Um, like at least I'm on my own. Like, you know, I'm not, I don't have to be around him. Um, so I'm glad for that. But um, yeah, that's, that's, I mean, I'm, it's not easy. Nothing's easy now. So. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. Being stuck in the same house. I, I always think about like, you know, God forbid this pandemic happened when I was married and, and my husband and I have both yeah. talked about it. Like, what well, what if we were still in our first marriages, just like trapped with not even the ability, you know, when you're, when you're at the end of a marriage and things are shitty, you can jump in the car and go meet your girlfriends for dinner or yeah take the kids somewhere for the day to get out of the house. So to not have that outlet, I know for so many people has been completely suffocating. So your timeline actually yeah. worked really well for you. Yeah. I, yeah. I felt terrible for, I know a couple of people who knew they're either on their way to a divorce or just like, just in a shitty spot in their marriage. And that they were stuck like quarantine with their, with their spouse. I'm like, Oh my gosh. Like, I feel like that'd be much worse than I did, but um, but yeah, you're right. Like during when I was separated, I would like go to, I went to so many coffee shops like during the day and worked and um, I did take my kids out, like just, you know, like pumpkin patches, you know, stuff like that. But yeah, it's, it's not, yeah, it's, it's rough being separated and living under the same roof. So I'm glad that I got out before COVID hit. So you have two daughters. How old are they? 
Um, so I have a freshman in high school. She's 14, Emma. And I have a middle schooler. She's sixth grade, um, Kate. She is 11. Emma and Kate. I love their names. So how have they, yeah. how have they handled this whole transition? I assume you're co-parenting. Yes. My older one's handling it better. And I really thought she would be my tougher one because she's been, um, we've been her parents longer, if that makes sense. So yeah. I thought, oh my gosh, she's going to have a harder time. She actually didn't. I think she saw the fighting and like the tension. And so I think she felt relieved as soon as we um, separated. Like, and they, she's, they both see we're both happier um, separated. And we're actually, we're really good co-parents. I tell everyone like he's a shitty husband. He's a really good dad. So that's really helped that we're both on equal level with co-parenting. We wrote like rarely fight about parenting issues. So that's good. And then they, you know, the kids see that too. They see that we both love them, but my little one, the 11 year old, um, she is going into middle school. She's going from elementary to middle. She's having a rough, like rough time right now with COVID going from elementary to middle school anyway, is hard. Yeah. She's doing it on zoom calls and going class to class. She doesn't understand the concept of eight, eight teachers and, it's, she's had a rough and then she's going through her parents' divorce and she's not happy with it. Um, she's a little bit harder to get, get through all this, but we're, we're slowly, slowly getting through. Yeah. I think, you know, if they're really young, it's easy. If they're a little bit older and past that whole like hormonal prepubescent stage, they're uh-huh. understanding. And then that middle area. She's right in like her hair's oily. Like I'm like, Oh, like her hormones. Like I hate you. I love you. I hate you. I love you. Yeah. I I know because my stepdaughter is just now turning 14, but she was a bit younger. She was in that age group when her parents split. And, and I know, you know, for my daughter, she was two, she didn't even know which end was up, let alone being married, but it's different for that age. And it takes a special bit of care and attention to help them get through it. But ultimately, and I'm sure you've heard this, they do come out stronger and, and more. Yeah. I tell everyone, like, even like without divorce, I tell everyone like tweens, like that middle school age, so much harder than a teenager. Like everyone says teenagers are so hard, you know, they're teenagers, but no, it's like that middle, that middle area. It's like so hard. There's Uh, so much and us. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot. Hey guys, Michelle here. I hope you are loving this episode as much as I am. We'll be back with more, but first a word from our sponsor. Divorce is never easy. And when children are in the picture, it can be extra tricky especially when communicating with your ex is a challenge. Now there's an app with you and your kids in mind. It's called FAIR, F-A-Y-R. FAIR is the easiest, most intuitive, and conflict-diffusing co-parenting app on the market. FAIR helps eliminate misunderstandings while also improving communication between co-parents. In the long run, creating a loving environment for your kids. Here's what you can do on the FAIR app. There's a time-sharing calendar to track custody, exchange days, and never forget those special events documentable text messaging, and an expense tracker so both parents can add and monitor expenses, track receipts, and add notes. GPS check-in, that's a court-verifiable way to document your presence at all GPS-verified locations. A monthly parenting report to download with your details. A private journal to take notes, add photos, and screenshots. A file vault to keep your records, photos, and documents organized and in one place. The opportunity to export all of your records into a convenient, time and date stamped PDF when you need documentation for legal matters. And there's a Spanish version of the app as well. FAIR allows you to experience co-parenting in a totally new way, simply, inexpensively, transparently, and fairly. 
Lose the he said, she said, and be the best parent you can be. Be F-A-Y-R fair. Subscribe at befair.com. That's B-E-F-A-Y-R.com. And then download Fair from the App Store or Google Play. Go to fair.com for more details. Don't forget to use the code Michelle to save 20% off the cost of the app. Are you guys 50-50? How has co-parenting been during quarantine? I was a little nervous about, we've still, it's 50-50. So I get the girls Wednesdays, Thursdays, every other weekend. And he gets them Mondays, Tuesdays, and every other weekend. Um, Yeah, I was a little nervous about, as far as COVID, like switching houses. Like, I'm like, well, who's your dad been around? Like, who have I been, like, who do you, like, what friends are you around when you're with your dads? Like, I'm like, it's very hard when you're still living with these people, like bouncing back and forth. And I don't want to be like, Who's your dad dating? Like, <laughs> like I don't want to be that that like that mom or that person. Um, so I don't really care. But as far as COVID, I was a little nervous. Um, so that part is a little bit hard. But I mean, we got through it. No one's gotten sick. So hopefully, yeah, we still kept the same agreement, the 50-50. That's awesome. I know so many people are having like, you know, for me in the beginning, my ex and I were completely on the same page. We were going to be strict, locked down. We weren't seeing anyone. And then... Uh-huh. I loosened up and he didn't. And then he loosened up and then I was back to being crazy. And it, you know, there were no rules written for co-parenting in a pandemic. And it it has caused so many post-judgment issues in the courts that that's essentially what's flooding the court system now because everyone's like unilaterally suspending time sharing because everyone's making their own COVID rules. And it's so gray area that for me being, you know, type A and wanting to know what's what, like it's so unsettling. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't know. And I feel like I know like what I would do during like a pandemic, which is completely different than what Scott thinks. So I, that's, it's been a little challenging. I'm like, I, we'll just take the girls, power supposed to take the girls and just not, I'll just won't focus so much on what you're doing with the girls when you have them. So I try to like block that out of my head and like, just don't obsess over that and just take your girls when you have them and I'll keep them as safe as I can. I just assuming he does too. Right. I think, and that's, that's the whole thing, you know, in co-parenting in general, there is every parenting plan basically illustrates or highlights the fact that we're supposed to be trusting and have faith in the other parent that they're going to do the best by the kids. Even if that means doing something we don't like, we have to, Mm -hmm. we have to know that they're coming from a good place, which is obviously so hard to do when, like you said, like shitty ex-husband, great father, sometimes those thoughts get muddied. Like, well, he sucked at this. Yeah. He'll be good at dealing with the kids. And ultimately you have to have that faith. I'm wondering though, yeah. because you got divorced during this stage and you were in the legal process, was there any talk about how to handle the kids during COVID because you were getting divorced during COVID? Um, as far as like legally, no. And I didn't really ask about it. Um, it was, we were kind of just hashing out on our own. Um, the only thing that my attorney said was just everything's on pause right now. So everything's just kind of, it's like you hit a pause button until like the courts are back open. Um, then they figured out like, I mean, they're still not open. You're still, everything's on zoom, which is totally weird. <laughs> um, which actually, I think, I feel like everyone should get divorced that way. So I didn't want to be in the same room as Scott. Like I don't want to be dressed up and go to court. Um, so I kind of liked it that way. And I think a lot of people said that, like, I wish I got divorced like on a zoom call. <laughs> um, so yeah, that part I think is a little bit, it was nice, but I totally. I mean, I showed up to court the morning of my divorce. First of all, I got there at like seven in the morning. The courts opened at nine and I was the first one on the yeah. dock for the day. My ex didn't come. 
I was like by myself, like, and I was under the assumption I had to dress for court, like business casual. Yeah. And I'm in a room full of strangers, literally. And it was like an assembly line. Yeah. They called up one, okay, divorce. Then here I am in front of a room of people I don't know and Mm -hmm. I'm doing divorce. And then I was like, okay, well, now what do I do? And had I been home, I, I think I would have had like, my closest family and friends in the background, like my cheering section, and it would have been a lot more comfortable. Yeah. yeah. So that's a bonus. Um, I mean, we're finding bonuses here. Don't tell me. Yeah, it is a bonus. It's a bad thing all the time. Yeah, it was, it was nice. I don't mind it. So you said something offline before we started recording that I want to touch on. I, I congratulated you. Yeah. Right. And your response was, you understood, right? Because I'm not like congratulating, obviously, the end of a marriage, I'm congratulating the process. So can we just talk about again, you know, the difference between divorced people and non-divorced people and how they react to divorce? Yes. When I first said, you know, public, like telling friends, like telling you publicly going out there and saying things, um, hey, we're getting divorced. I was hit with so many, I'm sorry. And I was just, I felt I understood where they're, and I feel like I probably said the same thing when people told me that too, but, um, I felt so like I, I messed up right. like, and they felt bad for me, but I really would have to go back. I'm like, no, you don't have to be sorry. Like, this is, this will be good. Like, and this is before like all like the legal stuff was like happening, but like, no, this is good. This is what we both want. This is good for both of us. This is not, um, there wasn't some kind of big, like, I don't know, like dramatic thing that happened that we're getting divorced, but, um, it's just, through time like we decided we're just, this is not working out so like no you don't have to be sorry um and then i would have people who've been divorced like congratulations i'm like thank you like i feel like so much better when someone says that than i'm sorry although i i mean i was like that i'm sorry too i mean it's still sad but overall i think it's just you're happier i think of course divorced. i mean ultimately this decision does not come easily It comes usually after years of turmoil, whether together or in inner turmoil in the marriage. And so actually making a decision, even though it's sad, is very freeing. And that's what I don't think Mm -hmm. married people understand. And in my experience, um, and tell me if you experience the same, I, I, my world of my social world, I, I, they kind of became split into what I called flockers and fleers. There were plenty of people who flocked to me either for information, you know, to gossip or because they really did care and wanted to be by my side. And then were the, the fleers, the people who literally, it was like Michelle's divorce news was like, oh, there's a tsunami coming. We better like run for higher ground because these were the people who I think my news made them fearful that it could happen to them too. And right. it was weird. Like, ironically, some of those fleers are now separated or divorced. So I feel like anybody who might have right. been in a bad spot in their marriage when I got divorced, all of a sudden became like scared of me and my reality. Right. And then other people right. just blocked because either misery loves company or, you know, we need the, we need the scoop because we have girls night tomorrow night. We need something to talk about. Or they genuinely cared. Yeah. It was so weird to see this shift in all of the people around me. Did you experience that? Yeah. Yeah, obviously I have a, um, a a public profile. And so I do have people that I don't necessarily know in person. Um, yeah, I lost probably, I think that first, I, I purposely put my post about we're getting divorced. Um, not trash talking him. I just, I just put like something, it was actually kind of sweet what I wrote, but 
um, I think I lost like a thousand followers. Like, and I put it, I purposely put it at like midnight that night. So I didn't want, I didn't want to put it like in a prime spot where everyone, I just want to like kind of slip it in there that we're in the forest. I remember um, it was beautifully written. It really was. It was yeah. Thank you. Um, I just, I didn't want to, I didn't want to like trash and I didn't want to be like that, that ex-wife or whatever. But um, yeah, I was surprised that so many people that just like ditched, ditched me. Like I probably had a thousand people that left uh, my page from that. And then uh, and that, like personally, like, so Scott kept the house. So he kept the neighbors and those friends, they kind of went around Scott and like took him as like their, their friend. Um, not that they hated me or don't talk to me, but they're just kind of naturally. And I figured out through like now a year later, it's been like, I can come to them and say like, hi, but they mostly like hang out with Scott. They'll go on vacations together. They like, they do stuff with Scott and it's not with me just cause I'm not there anymore which is a proximity thing. So I had to go out and find my own friends too. Like divorced or not, I had to find my own like group. That wasn't, it, it used to be my na- my neighbors. Right. And so that part was hard. Um, but yeah, I definitely saw it. And I did notice people, I, I figured out people who would like not be there for me. It was more about their marriage. It's not about yes. me. Yeah. Um, it's, 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 it's hitting something with them. I figured yep. out it's not nothing to do with my marriage. Like they don't know me and Scott. Um, it's hitting something with them and they're it's bothering them. So it was the first yeah. time that I realized that how people feel about you is not always a direct result of you. It's about what's triggered in them. Right. And it was so yeah. hard for me to understand in the beginning. I had a friend that I was really, really close to our girls go to school together and we, I mean, we're still good friends, but I, I, instead of like, being together 24 seven, I noticed she had taken like a little bit of a step back and fast forward three years, we were just together last weekend. And she was like, that was the beginning of the end of my marriage. And I wasn't ready to like own it. And it was so painful to yeah. watch go through it, knowing that I was going to go through it too. And yeah. I don't, I think people take it really personally when friendships change after divorce, but there are so many factors that go into it. And it's beautiful that you were able to go out and create new friendships because the reality is you're creating a whole new life after divorce. So to handpick yeah. the people you want in your life from that point forward is really powerful. Yeah. I went and like, that's really, it's really hard to do as a 38 year old woman to find friends. Like this is before COVID hit, but um, I went and found like, I went to all these, I started going to like this writing, writing group shop. I found like downtown um, just so many like different types of people from like all over Kansas city. And like, I started just going in these writing groups and finally I'd start making like friends there. I'm like, Oh, these are like people I want to hang out with. Cause they understand writing. Like it's something I'm, it's not just cause you live next door to me. It's because we have a, something in common that we can talk about. Right. Um, so that I had to like go and kind of grow up a little bit and just find purposely find like who, like someone that means a lot to me just for other reasons other than just, happen to me live next to each other. Exactly. Um, exactly. There's meaning yeah. to these relationships now. And that's a big yeah. thing. And I think, you know, going through the divorce process is scary and it's hard and ultimately it's life changing. But at the end of the day, it's life changing in so many great ways. So I'm glad you've been able yeah. to, to see that. Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah. all good things. So do you have any writing projects you're working on now we can promote? Um, I don't know. A lot of Kansas City stuff. <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm on Instagram a lot. I do my stories. People like my stories. You guys have um, to follow her stories, if nothing else, because <laughs> she's, it's, it's all hilarious. Her posts too, your captions, like you just nail it every time. Yeah. I think people are like, oh, I just follow you for your stories. I don't even care what you post. I'm like, okay. <laughs> no, I'm a writer, but okay. 
um, yeah, I've been doing, yeah, it's, I've been doing a lot, a lot of local stuff recently. So yeah, if you're in Kansas you City, like, follow me. Are you like, when you step outside your doors in Kansas City, people are like, oh my God, it's Julie. <laughs> um, it, before COVID, it was happening probably once a week. Someone would recognize me, but now with the mask and stuff like they don't really, I don't really get that anymore. Um, I have had like two times people notice me with a mask and sunglasses on like, oh my gosh, you're Julie Burton. I'm like, oh, creepy. Like, how do you? I'm still going to be a local celebrity because you are. I think that's really cool. Um, and you are. Yeah, like, Kansas City is small. I mean, it's small but big. <laughs> despite your humor and obvious ways to make us laugh, you are inspiring. I remember when you did post about your divorce, it was a beautiful, emotionally filled post that I think perfectly captured the pain and also the acceptance of what you were going through. And I think that right. more women need to see that, you know we don't just come out of the gate feeling super strong after this kind of thing. There's a grieving process. Yeah. I think you captured that beautifully. Um, and that's yeah, inspiring to many people. Yeah, also inspiring you. that you were divorced pantsless. <laughs> I'm, I'm recording this podcast for Alice, just, you know, to keep tradition here. Um, but yeah, I, I, I want to know if you, cause we always end this recording with piece of advice, any advice you would give to a mom who was going through the divorce process now in COVID. Um, during COVID, I would take the friends that you have and hold them close. Um, you definitely need some kind of support system. You cannot do it alone. Yeah. I would just, even if it's someone on the, like, internet like me and you like i've had so many women just reach out and i just talk to you on dms like just find someone whether they've been through it or not um you'll find someone divorce is so common yeah i think just finding someone to talk to whether internet or in person i agree and that's why i started my my community because my membership community because i feel like not everybody can go afford expensive therapy or hire an expensive coach and yeah place to feel understood and validated and seen and connect, connect with other people, the best thing you can do is find those connections that help you through it. That's great advice. Right. Any favorite right. quotes? Any favorite quotes? They don't have to pertain to divorce. I don't know. What's some of your popular ones? Some of my popular ones? Um, yeah. Divorce. Uh, so your glass doesn't have to be half empty or half full because it's refillable. Oh, oh I like that. Okay. So now, um, now we're yeah, using We'll do that one. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Julia. I You're welcome. Being here, especially on a Saturday. I just came in from the rain. My daughter had a soccer game. I'm sure you have a whole day of stuff happening <sighs> too. Um, so we can find you at KSU Julie on Instagram. Where else can we find you? And Twitter, KSU Julie. And then I have a Facebook page too, which is Julie Burton writer. Julie Burton. And also my, my whole like public, my whole Facebook page public, even like my personal page is public. So, you know, friend me, whatever. I don't care. <laughs> and the posts they are all like thoughtful. They're not just shit that she slaps up there. There's thought and effort and yeah. intention and emotion behind all of them, which is why I've always connected so much to them. And I love them. Thank you, Julie. Yeah, all the best you. in this new stage in your life and the best to your girl. Thank you. And for the rest thank of you, you, stay strong, keep moving on, go follow Julie. We'll see you soon. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Moms Moving On. I hope you found today's episode to be helpful, inspiring, and give you the advice you need to feel empowered and strong as you move on. Don't forget to come say hi on Instagram at the Michelle Dempsey and drop us a line if there's a specific topic or subject you'd like us to discuss. Thanks. Stay strong.